This is the Pursuit of Endurance podcast. Hi everybody, welcome to the Pursuit of Endurance podcast. This is Arpana. I'm Nikhil. Today we are speaking with Vidya Chandran. Vidya is an amazing cyclist who's done as part of the moment 700 km ride from Bangalore to Kanyakumari, a 20-day ride, a K2K ride, which is from Gujarat to Assam, a total of 3,200 km. She's done a little over 16,000 km just this year. This is just cycling. And she's also the founder of Spokeswomen, an all-women cycling community bound by their passion for cycling and adventure. Vidya is an adventurous rider who's ridden across the country. Let's get into the podcast. Hi Vidya, welcome to the Pursuit of Endurance podcast. You are our first woman cyclist. So, happy to have you. Hey, thank you so much first of all for considering me and for the warm welcome that you have extended. I'm really looking forward to the podcast and uh, hope it's helpful. <laughs> so, tell us about your endurance journey. How did it begin? Um, when did you begin and tell us about how you progressed from being a beginner cyclist um and mm-hmm. to doing really long distances and doing really fast rides. Tell us about it. So actually uh, I would say that my journey to fitness didn't actually start with cycling it was more uh, running so in 2014 i was turning 40 and you know it's like i have got to do something different and uh, over the community where i was living uh, they had a running group called bhagalita bhag so a friend of mine said uh, let's go and join you know let's start running i'm like never run in my life this is neither have i but let's just go and attempt So we started running with this group and it was a huge community like in one apartment complex there were more than 250 people of you know different uh, uh, how to say at different levels of running beginners to more experienced riders uh, runners so that's how actually i just started in 2014 with uh, running and did a few 10k's and then did two half marathons and after two half marathons i realized that running is really not for me <laughs> i was really struggling through those two half marathons and had a couple of friends who actually uh, you know started exploring triathlons and they were like you know you know how to swim and cycle why don't you just attempt it so i'm like okay why not so in 2015 i actually picked up my first hybrid bike and you know started riding around the complex so you know we had a 1 kilometer radius and you would do rounds around that and slowly started exploring outside uh I think I was very lucky at that point of time that I uh, got to meet a certain gentleman by the name of Anil Katsur who's a very well-known cyclist in Bangalore and I started going to him for strength training and he was the one who would keep telling me that Vidya I think you should focus more on cycling and not running but I wasn't sold on that idea that much so I continued running in 2016 I actually then went on to do Tonno triathlon mm-hmm. and since after the Uh, more or less i think during the training of the event i realized that i actually enjoy cycling the most 
So pretty much, I would say that my journey into cycling kind of uh, started in 2016, where I started actually going out a little bit more. I would go with Anil and another friend Archana, you know, go to Elgari, go to Erkad, go to Kuli Hills, and uh, just you know, just realize that I really, really enjoy being on the bike and exploring places. So I would say that was like a start into the cycling uh, journey it's, itself. And over a period of time, I slowly just started increasing the distances. The most crazy thing, of course, as I had mentioned to you earlier, is that, you know, uh, we were just having a cup of coffee one day and I was like, let's go do a long ride. Let's go to Kanyakumari. I mean, it was just like as random as that. Sitting in Mayas and drinking coffee and saying, you know, let's go to Kanyakumari. And both of them said, let's go. And that's it. <laughs> that is how the plan was made. And uh, the most bizarre timing, we went in the month of April. Like I have a screenshot, of, you know, of the temperature reading 46 degrees. <laughs> and I'm like, we are going to die. <laughs> and add to that the tarmac heat. And the longest ride I had done before that was like one 200 kilometer ride. So every 100 kilometer post that was like a milestone ride. We would stop and do like a group hug, you know, with your longest ride, with your longest ride. So yeah, we made it in that peak heat uh, to Kanyakumari alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least I was alive. The other two were completely fine. But it was an incredible way of actually, you know, uh, realizing the kind of journey that you have on the bike. Typically, when you're in a car, your objective is typically to reach your destination in the fastest possible time. But you don't do that when you're on the bike. You take the, how do you say, the roads less taken, just travel. And uh, I would say that that marked like a different, completely different way of uh, exploring places. So yeah, I would mark that as one of the most eye-opening decisions I made to go on that ride. And there's been no looking back since then, you know, I've kind of just taken off from there and slowly continued my journey into doing endurance rides. Very adventurous. Um, how, <laughs> <It was. laughs> how long did it take for you guys to, this is Bangalore to Kanyakumari, huh? Kanyakumari. Uh, our plan was, to, so we didn't make any reservations. There were no hotel stays. Uh, we just decided whenever we are tired, we'll just pull over. We would pull over to a bus stop and catch few hours sleep, etc. Uh, it didn't work quite well. Uh, it was a three and a half day trip, but it extended to four and a half days because by second day, I was like, I'm going to die in this heat. So we actually, you know, just pulled over at some hotel and stayed for a couple of hours to just get the body adjusted to the heat and then changed the strategy where we did the bulk of the riding uh, from 4 p.m. and then took rest between 11 and 3 types so that we were not out in the peak heat of Tamil Nadu. So we adjusted to that, but it took us it took us off base by about 12, 13 hours, which was fine. It was not like a time-bound thing anyway. So it took about four and a half days. Four and a half days we reached Kanyakumari. And it was the most anticlimactic ending because we reached, there was a cloudy day. And when the sun came out, like there was nothing. It was just, you know, I'm like, I've seen better sunrise in Bangalore. <laughs> we didn't have to come so far. <laughs> and there was like, you know, three bus loads of people coming in the sun rose and everybody was standing there and clapping and we're like, what are we doing here? But yeah, it was, uh, it was fun. Clapping for you or for the sun? <laughs> for us. Right. Sun was happy doing its stuff. Because <laughs> I, I, have, I have seen that in Kanyakumari where, you know, people just start applauding for a sunset or a sunrise. And it's, uh, yeah. 
Um, yeah, it's just. <laughs> they do not. They do. Yeah, it was fully self. I mean, with three of us and three bikes. Uh, Arjun was a mechanic, so you know, helped us with all the punctures along the way. And we had very little luggage. We didn't carry anything. I mean, we didn't have any pannier bags or such. It was just a you know top tube bag. And uh, yeah, you know, nothing. We just just went. That's it. Anil would sit guard, and Achan would be sleeping at bus stops. <laughs> <laughs> we have pictures of us completely knocked out. Like, you know, you could run a bus over us, and we would not hear anything. Kind of knocked out. But yeah. It was a crazy plan to start with, but yeah, we went through it and came out the better for it. That's good. I mean, it's it's a great story, and it's uh, it's such a memory that you know it's uh, you'll always cherish something like this. Absolutely, absolutely. And I I think uh, I remember the last night we were actually passing through the windmills in Kanyakumari in the middle of the night. So I'm from Kerala, so we have gone to Kanyakumari many times during the course of my childhood. but it's always during the daytime just the first time and you know you're riding by the road and these huge windmills whoosh whoosh they make the sound it's so scary and anil was on his pixie bike and i looked at arshana i i'm not joking i looked at him i'm like he's going to go with the wind he's so thin and light i'm like this wind is going to blow him away you know it's really scary i mean you're pitch dark no sound except for the windmills and you can hear hear the sound it's quite an experience and i mean that is a very very like you know uh, very clear and vivid in my mind still yeah, amazing experience it was so you went from riding about 200 kilometers to 6 uh, 700 kilometers 6 686 six 686 kilometers yeah <laughs> Did you do any prep for this, or uh... we did, we did. So uh, for three weeks, uh, we pretty much would ride. Uh, but it's Bangalore sun; it doesn't compare to Tamil Nadu heat. We would ride between eleven and three o'clock every day, just to get adjusted to the peak sun. And then we climbed Savandurga a couple of, I mean, I think two times, just to get adjusted to the heat. But nothing, none of this prepared us for the actual heat that we encountered because that highway has no trees; it's just the most you know dry highway and i i still have a picture of archana and me actually sitting under a water tanker to get some reprieve from the heat because just no trees you know and it's the sun is beating down on us and we are just tired and we wanted to break and there was no place so there was a water tanker parked by the side and we both of us just went and sat under it just to get some shade <laughs> so yeah it's a, it was a quite a ride yeah and you said it, this ride was an eye opener for you uh in what way was it eye opening what did you learn oh yeah in many ways it's just that you know the way you can explore places by the bike i mean that was one thing that i realized that you know i would really enjoy going and doing touring uh where i cycle because you just see different things you experience different things and uh, that was one thing i realized that i would really like to go and do more tours on the bike and uh, also that i enjoyed being on the bike a lot you know earlier my thing was always like chalo ek ghante ka ride karke aayenge we'll just go for an hour we'll just do two hours and come back you know and i'm like we don't need to limit ourselves in that way because uh, you can be on a ride you can get to see so many places and uh, so i opposed that i did a lot of trips 
so which I might not have considered or pursued earlier. Uh, so in that way, I think that uh, trip kind of brought out a lot of the adventurous side <laughs> in some ways on the bike. We know that you've done plenty of other such long endurance rides. You want to talk about one or two, which uh, which are close to your. I'm pretty sure you you every one of them that you've done is quite memorable. But uh, what would be your top two outside of uh, Kanyakumari? I have to say that uh, K2P, of course, stands out. Uh, has to be there in the list. Uh, I, I come from an armed forces background, so traveling has always been ingrained in me, and I've traveled a lot. But again, as I said, this kind of traveling was something just uh, just extremely different. We went from, we were a team of 11 riders, two women and nine men from different parts of India. And uh, Lions Club of Chennai Nightingale had organized this, uh, sponsored a trip for 11 riders. So we started from Gujarat, Kach Gujarat, and went down to Kamrup in Assam. And it was, that was a completely supported ride. So we had like a support vehicle that would, you know, ride ahead or behind depending and we had I think four gentlemen who were over 60 and the youngest is 32 who had finished PBP in 2015 so it was quite you know a diverse group of riders and I think seven of them had already done Kanyakumari to Kashmir two years back they already knew each other but I think that ride was just amazing because even though I had traveled to many of these um, states just riding through the breadth of India and just seeing the geography change, the people, the food, because every day we would be welcomed by different Lions Club and, you know, you would get the local cuisine and you would see the hospitality. You could actually differentiate how the people treat visitors from state to state. And there were many people who had never gone to Bihar. I'm like, oh, you have to be careful when you enter Bihar. And they were mind blown by the hospitality of the Biharis. Like every meal, you know, they will just feed you. They will just keep feeding you. And there's so much of love. I, mean, I had been to Bihar and have friends there, I've stayed there, but you could just see the amazement of the fellow riders that, wow, this is not what we had in mind when you, you know, there was always apprehension, be careful when you go. But you just experience the different uh, states and, you know, when they welcome you, you get the pagdi in some states, some will give you this shawl and, you know, that experience was just completely uh, different. And of course, you learn a lot about yourself and it's a group ride so you learn how to operate as a team and uh, realize that it's not just about you right for the entire trip to succeed all 11 of us had to sustain that kind of endurance over a period of time so you had to make sure that everyone's bikes are ready everyone's nutrition is taken care of everyone's health is fine right only mm-hmm. then the trip can become successful even if one or two riders are unable to sustain or have bike issues then it's, it's a strain on the entire team. So how everyone just comes together and how the group dynamics works, how each person reacts in a, in a state of stress, etc. It, it's a very interesting experience. And then, of course, reaching Kamrup uh, was a completely, you know, getting welcomed there and then going to Kamakya Temple in the last, on the last day. You have one, when you go there, you have to go to the temple. Otherwise, you have to come back 11 times. <laughs> like, I'm like, okay, we will go there. <laughs> So, yeah, it was that uh, Kanya, you know, K2K trip is definitely, other than the Kanyakumari trip, I would say a very, a very trip, a trip very close to my heart. And I made oh. some really good friends during that process. How many kilometers were you guys it doing? It was, uh, 
So it was 3,200 over a span of 20 days. So it averages to about 160 per day. 160 per day. Oh, wow. So group dynamics given, obviously, and uh, as well as self-dynamic as you're going. So what's, what's the low point in such a long drawn in ride because uh, I'm sure there would be it's not all fun <laughs> certain days because not everyone hits a low on the same day right there will be certain people who will have an off day and uh, I guess there were three four of us who were given the sweeper duty so that you know we pull the group from behind and uh, keep keep it going so it changes I mean it, it depends on how the captain handles it certain Places, there's more aggressiveness. There is, uh, you know, you sulk a little bit because some things are not going your way. Some days the roads are bad. Um, some days, you know, because it was like a, a sponsored event, we were very much dependent on the Lions clubs. So there are certain days we all prefer to leave early in the mornings. But I remember that one day we had to do like a 180 kilometer ride and we left at like 10, 30, 11 in the morning. Because they wanted to welcome and they said, okay, Panch Kilometers is another club. They have to welcome. You can't say no because it's been sponsored by them. And it's really rude. They have, and they welcome you very warmly, right? You have and you have your speeches. So you're, you're tired. You want to just get through the day and you have to sit through all the speeches. So it makes, you know, it does bring about a, you know, anxiousness to just get going, but you can't show it. It would seem rude. And not everyone handles these things in a similar fashion. So that brings out stress and strains here and there. So yeah, while uh, I would say that 80 to 90% of it is fun, there was always a 10% of managing these group dynamics, right? You can't escape that, especially when you're together for three weeks. There's no escaping that. (laughs) I've dabbled here and there in cycling, nowhere near as much as you have, but I've struggled sometimes. Like, uh, let's go do a century and after like 70, 80, and sometimes I'm like, oh God. (laughs) were depleted, maybe didn't plan well. And I sometimes see some of my friends pulling away and I'll be at the back and, you know, there's, there's a lot of, why the hell am I doing this? Does that happen to you also? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Many times. <laughs> no, no, it does happen because as I said, there are certain days uh, where you, it's just your off day, right? And then if the group is doing well and you feel that you're holding them back, uh, it doesn't feel really good. So I think there it helped to have like a couple of, and you, and these are all people I didn't know. It's like, you know, except for my fellow rider from Bangalore with whom I had gone, I didn't know anyone else. But you know, in the course of the first few days, you kind of realize people who are similar in your temperament and, you know, in your riding uh, pace and style, etc. And I was very fortunate that I found three other people who were, and we found a really, really close team. And uh, I remember one day I was really struggling in the heat. And I just told him that, you know, I need you to pull me through this. Like, I'm just going to ride behind you. I don't have the strength to pull today. So we all took turns to ride, drive the peloton, right? So we would be ahead and we'll drive for the half day and half day we would take sweeper duty. So our roles kept getting rotated depending on each person's temperament, etc. But there was one day I just said that I, I just don't have it in me to pull the team today. I just need to sit behind your wheel. Just get me through this. So, you know. Uh, but you know, as I said, the temperament, if you have like-minded people and they support you, you know, he said, just don't worry. We'll catch up with the team. Uh, we'll take the breaks that you need. And I, I'm prone to migraines. So I know that if I don't hydrate and I don't eat at intervals, then 
once a migraine hits, it, it's a long recovery for me. So I had this fellow rider who just said, just chill, we'll ride together, we'll catch up at all the, because you must stop at multiple points and we'll catch up. So I had an off day and he was there. And similarly, there were days when, you know, they had issues and we supported. So yeah, that happens. That happens many times, especially when you're riding every day to say that you consistently rode on all 20 days of the same temperament and same uh, pace, etc. doesn't work. So it's just a matter of acknowledging that this can happen and adjusting to that and uh, riding. Yeah. When you say pulling the team or riding behind, what does that mean? All right. So, um, when they're a group of 11 riders, so in my typical, like my day-to-day riding, uh, I do, I'm not part of any uh, racing team or uh, to actually follow any of this. In fact, I, we had this entire concept for the first time in K2K. So there are 11 riders. And what you say is that if you're riding behind a couple of riders, right behind the wheel, the effort that you put in uh, is depending and depending on what article you're reading, it can vary anywhere from 60 to 80% of the effort that you need to put in because you're drafting behind them and they are exposed to the wind and you're sitting behind their wheels. The effort that you need to put in is slightly less than what you would have to put in if you're riding independently. And you also set the pace so that everyone is just riding at a consistent um, pace and you maintain a group that everyone rides together. Because otherwise, there are certain people who will be riding very fast and there are some who are riding very slow and the support vehicle struggles. They don't know at where to drive, where to stop, right? Uh, so the group captain will decide, okay, you guys just make sure that we're riding at this pace. We need to reach here at this time. And, you know, so depending on that, each day our uh, setup would be different. Um, and there are certain days when you don't have the energy to actually pull a team. So you just sit behind on those days and you help your fellow riders uh, on the days that you feel good. So that's what I meant. Uh, there's more technicality of when you're riding in a peloton that you ride behind the wheel of the rider ahead. And there are signals to say that, okay, I'm tired. I'm going to shift. I'm going to go behind and you come ahead and you pull. And the person who actually, when you're riding in a group, there's a, there are a couple of riders always at the back to make sure that the slowest riders are taken care of and, you know, reach the end point. Though they're called the sweepers. So certain days you're given the sweeper duty, irrespective of your riding capabilities. So it doesn't mean anything. It's just like, depending on your temperament and how the captain thinks that you should be at a given point of time. Every day, our structure would be different. Got it. I asked that question because for the uninitiated, there are a lot of technicalities and jargon. And Jargons, <laughs> yes. That as well. Yeah, yeah. There is a lot, yeah. Yeah, cycling is so full of technicalities, so much of jargon. And uh, I mean, where does, where, where should one go to just learn about these things, especially women? Uh, you know, there's so much that, uh, that, that is there to cycling. Where should one go to just learn about these things? So I, uh, you know, I, and I, I completely understand that question because I tell a lot of people is that you walk into a cycling store, you see all these fancy bikes and uh, if they ask you a question, you're lost and it's very intimidating. Mm-hmm. Uh, in India today, I still feel that cycling is a very uh, male dominated sport. So uh, for women, it's even more limited than like even a beginner, uh, beginner goes into a cycling store. It's intimidating irrespective of your gender. But uh, for women, I just feel it's a lot more because the choices available 
is like next to negligible right i mean if you go into a cycling store and you say that i want a women's frame and there is none right so most women are riding men's bikes they're not aware aware of uh, how to choose the bike etc uh i i don't see any platform which i can say is readily readily available for women to just hop on and get more information and that is uh, one of the reasons why actually we started the community of which you know uh, i'm part of we are in fact part of called spokeswomen uh so this is just a community where women can actually come and ask questions without feeling that they're going to be judged there is no stupid question there is no silly question anything that you have a doubt is a valid question and uh, what happens is that when you have a community and people have gone through the journey of being from a beginner to more experienced riders they can uh, answer questions of a broad spectrum right whether it's uh, where should i get cycling shorts where what is the right cycle size so like you know someone says that i ride a medium bike but i can't find a medium road bike right just to think that it's a one to one correlation it doesn't work that way a lot of questions like women have you know can i ride on my periods what should i do how do you manage your household how are you managing your children these are questions that people will not ask women will not ask in a public forum right mm-hmm. so this platform has kind of given them an opportunity everybody an opportunity to kind of just throw whatever comes in their mind without being judged uh so i think building a community like that is a more uh, feasible and uh, better option otherwise there are a lot of articles and there are a few cycling shops which have you know uh, content and material directed um, for women specifically like velovixen is a website where you get just women related products and you can subscribe to the newsletters and it shows a lot of articles on that but uh, there are very few such cases so i think uh, i always say that you know there's nothing that can replace a community mm-hmm. so building a community of cyclists and uh, giving them the option to just uh, build it from there is a more workable and uh, easier solution in the current uh, way that things are in india particularly right yeah i am a part of the group just for our yes, listeners correct yes they are very helpful and they're absolutely non judgmental so if you are riding in bangalore and you want to be part of a group please send a message to vidya and i think she'll be happy to you know just absolutely yeah, yeah. absolutely any time yeah spokes women so i think they can uh, follow you or uh, contact you on instagram um, instagram yeah they can contact so it's called spokes_women and uh, you know just reach out to me in any other social media i always respond and i guess you learn as you go with experience up until 2 years ago i had no clue what a bib shorts was because uh, um, you know, somebody advised you a bib short like what's a bib short and i didn't realize until <laughs> i went out on my bike wearing my running shorts why that was important <laughs> <laughs> correct exactly um so uh 2020 has been a great year <laughs> for cycling or not <laughs> it has actually been a great year um, i know i didn't go so usually i go on couple of trips every year uh so this year has been like a no event no trip uh, per se but i did do a lot of riding uh yeah. so i'm happy that way um, just uh, being on the bike and since it's one of those things where you can just get out and not worry about having contact or stopping anywhere the only thing i did differently is that when i was going out 
once the lockdown was open is that not stop anywhere you know just have a quick bite and head out and then come back home and uh, you're not in direct contact with anyone you're not touching any surfaces so it felt less uh, risky mm-hmm. and uh, the roads were empty so i'm like i don't have any complaints i had a blast riding through the just a post lockdown phase oh my god i was like i'd never seen mg road mg road and uh, kabun park and brigade road that empty i did a lot of city riding at that time i was hesitant to just kind of get out to the highway uh, then so i did a lot of city riding and i had mm-hmm. some beautiful shots of how pretty and pristine and colorful the city looked mm-hmm. so yeah i ended up riding quite a bit and yeah. then in the month of june of course i um i just wanted to check because i was indoor for so long i had not done anything else and i did a little bit of strength training at home june is, was my birthday month and i said okay let me i spoke to the kids and i said i just have this bizarre thought that you know anyway it's like i don't have anything to do at home and the maids have started coming back because entire lockdown you had no time between cooking and cleaning my day was full so i said suddenly i found that you know the maids and the cook and back and i'm like sitting here not knowing what to do so i said uh, i think i'll just do hundreds this month so in the when i was uh, training with anil in 2016 i think he, there was a month where he had done 30 consecutive hundreds and uh, it was just mind boggling for me how you can just you know do a century ride every day and i'm like okay let me just attempt i will do uh, 10 days i had already done couple of 10 consecutive hundreds before that so i said okay let me just do i'll do a 15 and see if my body is okay then maybe i'll take a days break and i'll do another 10 or something like that it was just a there was a clear cut plan it was just that i'll test my endurance during that time and what i ended up doing is that i rode monday to saturday essentially right sunday i would take a break and then again monday to saturday so the month of june i ended up doing 26 centuries so that was like a little um, bizarre thing i ended up doing for no reason at all there was no challenge or anything it was just to test how my body would be and uh, if i can survive that wow why exactly <laughs> why you, why 26 and then uh, follow up question why did you stop after that <laughs> i mean as both and i really have no reason because as i said it was just a thought that came to me i was riding and i'm like Will I be able to do thirty days of riding or twenty days of riding? Like I will never know until I try. So I just happened to speak it out loud, and the kids were like, "Yeah, okay, fine." I mean, then at this point, they're like, "No, no." Actually, I remember the only thing they asked is like, "I have a dog. I have a Labrador. I walk every morning." They're like, "Yeah, okay, whatever." And then they look up and say, "Oh, that means we have to walk, Bruno." <laughs> I'm like, "That is your only concern? Is that you want to walk the dog?" <laughs> but yeah <laughs> um i think uh, going by how kanya kumari was planned uh, this was not a surprise i think <laughs> no, but actually it is incredible because cycling is a very time consuming sport and unless you don't have um, a little bit of support not a little bit it's like i think it's one sport where you need a lot of support from the family oh my gosh fortunately are grown up and uh, they're quite independent so you know i they don't need to be spoon fed in terms of their meals or other things um they wake up they take care of things uh, so it's uh, i think family plays a very important role especially for women who are looking at endurance cycling because a lot of things at home have to be taken care of 
So the maid's coming in, the cook is coming in, what needs to be made, the dog has to be walked. You know, each person has their own challenges at home. So managing that, uh, managing work and managing riding everything put together does stick up. I mean, it does require a little bit of planning uh, and a support yeah. from the family. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Speaking about these uh, long rides, uh, what sort of mm-hmm. nutrition do you um, carry for your long rides? I was so hoping you wouldn't ask that. <laughs> you know, I have the worst eating habits. Like, I'm really bad. Like, I'm a complete junk eater. And I've been struggling with uh, trying to correct it. Uh, my brother gives me a very hard time. Because I'm like a total chips and mixture and chakli and I mean you name it I am, so if you look at my proportion of actual food versus junk food my real food doesn't even come in the spectrum like breakfast is the only meal where I have like a wholesome like a proper proper meal otherwise predominantly I'm just completely into junk food so you know I'm a very bad role model. <laughs> no one should quote eating habits from me I have bad habits Unfortunately, I'm trying to correct with my gender uh, for 2021 that I will <laughs> work on uh, changing some of my habits. I don't see myself making a complete changeover, but a little bit of correction is needed. I mean, you don't look like you eat a lot of junk food. I eat a lot of junk food. I mean, just this Sunday after all the Diwali binging, I, I was like, like full to the brim and I was complaining to the children you wait and see from tomorrow I'm going to change and she now my older one looked at me and she's like mama I give you half a day like <laughs> half a day you will not survive more than that so completely badnam I mean there's no one who's like hopeful that I will ever change but I really do want to I mean I'm like such it's embarrassing but yeah I yeah I should not be asked about my diet at all <laughs> Oh, there's a way to way to uh, get out of this. Just do another 26 days of uh, centuries, and you... <laughs> you have no idea how much of junk I eat post that. So no, that doesn't help. <laughs> so your kids ride as well. They like being outdoors. I mean, they actually ride like running a lot more, mm-hmm. and they used to run, uh, they swim, and that's how they ended up uh, attending the triathlons in Goa. So Goa. Uh, Enduro Sports Go organizes these triathlons uh, for children and they are under 9, under 12, under 14 and under 16. I think there are four categories. So uh, it's the same set of friends who had inspired us to, you know, attend the triathlon. She's like, uh, there's one that happens for children. What do you think? And I'm like, okay, let me ask them. And they were like, oh, yes, let's go. So that's it. Then we took, you know, three, uh, again from Elita, we went in a huge gang to and we had kids ranging who were from seven-year-old to 14-year-olds, and they all did under their respective categories. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was fun. Yeah, they did really well. Uh, then, of course, you know, they had some complications and etc. And two years in a row, it didn't happen. So that kind of kind of broke their rhythm uh, with respect to running. Mm-hmm. And I, then I stopped running, and then they said, okay, they'll start coming for rides. So one of the Sri Lanka trips, in fact, I did, uh, my older one came with me. She and two other uh, friends of hers. So we were nine of us in which we had three teenage kids and we cycled 200 kilometers from Colombo to the southern tip of uh, Sri Lanka. That was fun. 
then Bangalore Randoneers is a running club in Bangalore. Uh, they're part of the Audax team. And uh, while a proper randoneering ride, the minimum distance is 200, they conduct something called a Breve Populaire. And that is 100 kilometers and 150 kilometers. And you have to be a minimum of 15 years to even attempt that. So the older one, she attempted that last year. She was the youngest rider. My younger one was pretty upset that she wouldn't come. And I wrote to them and they said that, no, they had certain incidents where, you know, the younger children came. So they limit the age to 15. But okay, but this year, she, Bangalore Antonia has organized, uh, they've been organizing a lot of these events on a monthly basis to get people back on the roads. So in, I think it was in September, they had a challenge called uh, 15 into 51. So for 15 consecutive days in a month, they had to do 51 kilometers. So my younger one was 14 and my older one's classmate, they both attempted that. So mm -hmm. every morning I would take these girls and go to Cubbon Park and they would ride 51 and come back. I remember when they finished the 15th day and that was a month there was like, like heavy rains. Like rains really played havoc with the riding. And uh, I remember the 15th day when we finished the ride and I came back home and my older one asked the younger one, how do you feel? She was like, I don't want to see Cabin Park for a month. <laughs> days of continuous riding and all. But yeah, it was a good experience, you know, to see the children do it. Yeah. Uh, great learning experience for me as well. I remember one day my uh, yeah, younger one was like uh, not keeping that well and she looked quite dull. So when we reached Kaban, usually we do rounds as a four kilometer, uh, you know, uh, circle around Kaban Park, the outer periphery that you can do. So we reached Kaban and she's like, I don't feel too well, Mama, can we go home? And my older one and a friend were riding ahead. I'm like, yeah, let's turn back. It's fine. It's okay. So I just went ahead and I, you know, to tell the children that we're not doing the rounds, let's just go back home. By the time I reach them, this girl comes and she's next to me and she says, no, no, it's fine. Let's finish. And I'm like, this is like not even one minute difference between her telling me, let's go back home. And I'm like, okay, fine. So we finished the ride. We came back home. And after a while, I was like, uh, what happened? You, you said you were not keeping well. And she said, no, but when you went ahead to call uh, them, I just saw a three-legged dog running. And I'm like, you know, that dog actually has real problems in life. I'm just feeling tired. I don't have a problem. So I'm like, those are some instances which I felt, you know, you, it's a learning for you each ride, how children think. I'm just, just 14. I was amazed at the thought process. Just like, I said, the dog was running away happily and it's her three legs. And I'm like, you know, that dog really has a problem in life. Not me. I shouldn't complain. I'm like, okay, nice. Good to know. That's deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so you don't race normally. I mean, until uh, recently, you haven't been. Uh, I mean, you haven't been in any in any part of any race. Um, but you recently did uh, take part in a race. And tell us about it. How did that go? Uh, tell us about okay. it. Yeah. I mean, no. I I'm not really like a fast-paced rider. I like to do my tours and I like to do my regular daily rides. I have participated in two events. So. Prior to this, which was the Goa Triathlon, which three of us did as a relay. Um, but it's hardly, it's not like a, a race race per se. It's an event and you go as a part of a team. But uh, Bangalore has this uh, you know, club called Bangalore Bicycle Championships, BBCH, which organizes race throughout the year. 
and uh, one of the things that keeps constantly coming coming up in conversations is that the women participation is so low you know not women come out etc etc and many of my fellow riders would eggers and say that why don't you just go and ride and i'm like if you go to ride then you must actually train for it just randomly going and riding there doesn't make sense so what i did is that earlier during the year and from spokeswomen itself we created a subset of a, of that group called race curry where i reached out to women and said that would you be interested to explore the racing scene and have discussions around it explore training options etc so i think there are about 16 17 women in that group and then i connected many of them to uh, certain coaches in bangalore and that had just started when again covid hit so mm-hmm. that shut shop again but as a part of that we said okay we'll all register for the bbcs itt that happens in march and as you know covid happened so the itt was cancelled just a day before the event was supposed to happen and then of course no group rides and all were happening so that kind of just uh, fizzled out so to speak and then they reopened the events last month and itt was the dates were announced again and all of us had already registered so though mm-hmm. we had the option to either opt out of it or just go ahead and do it so we many of us went back and forth kya kare should we go and then as well a really large number for the first time in the history of bbch you know we had about 31 women who had registered for the event so i said okay let's just do it you know what's the worst that can happen is that you'll just know how you did how you fare and you know maybe we'll use it as a benchmark to do better next year that was entire thought process and uh, so yeah we just showed up a big bunch of us went i think all together even the 31 had registered i think only 18 women raced that day so that was my first uh, kind of entry into in any kind of an itd or any kind of race so to speak uh, it was a good experience you know just the entire environment and being there and and of course our major plan was that we'll finish the race and we'll go have dosa and take pictures and stuff like that so that is even more motivating than just go right for an hour and we'll have fun post that but uh, yeah so we just went and uh, all of us you know did what we could do and uh, we'll check every month we'll try to do a ride like this to see how we fare with a little bit of instruction and training so we're working on it but yeah that was the first my first attempt at doing any kind of a race so to speak yeah so, what vidya is not saying is that she placed second uh, uh, in this uh, itt event right uh, yes i did yes yes i did thank you this was your first race and you placed second so i think that's pretty great thank you <laughs> i know you dodged the nutrition question um, <laughs> by talking about chakli and what not uh, but we'll Well, we will ask you for for advice on um, on how do you prepare uh, gear wise or um, like you mentioned, it's it is quite intimidating for anybody new to get uh, take up cycling. But how do you prepare uh, initially, and also how do you prepare for anything that's long distance, um, physically as well as uh, accessory wise? Uh, and even with uh, you know strength training etc i think that's a really really important question as well and while i do joke about my food habits etc i think that uh, one thing that 
what I have done and what I do feel that I find a lot of my counterparts have also done over their respective journeys is that each body is different, right? So just because you're a woman or, you know, you have a similar build or you have similar eating habits, that does not tell you at what point you hit a wall. So uh, over riding over a period of time, I know that every 40 kilometers I need to eat something. It doesn't have to be heavy. It doesn't have to be like a big meal, but I need to eat something, right? I know that when, what things will trigger my migraine. Uh, I know what dehydration does to me. And I know Bangalore weather is such that you can keep riding and not feel the need to drink water, but how your body will react if you get dehydrated. And these are things that you discover as you ride more, as you keep riding continuously, you will uh, understand your body better. And that helps you in planning, right? So I know that irrespective of what my distance is, I need to have a little bit of anything before I leave. So it could be a banana, it could be like a sandwich, it could be oats. And, uh, you know, it depends on what food is comfortable for you. So my telling that you have oats and go, if oats doesn't gel with you, then my giving that advice is completely like not helpful, right? So each person has their own eating habits and own comfort zones. So you have to identify the foods that help sustain you over a period of time and if you know that you're going for a two-hour ride and you're going to be back home and you don't need to carry maybe just a bar is enough i personally find that carrying bananas helps i i find palaji you know sustains me for some time uh i'm not much into using products like fasten up or any of these uh, yoga bars I, it doesn't suit my body much so i don't carry too much of that uh, it's mostly bananas and I sometimes carry sandwiches with me in my jersey pocket. Especially we do a lot of rides called breves. Uh, so, you know, it, these are rides which you have to finish in a stipulated time and you have to reach control points, etc. So these rides are like 200, 300, 400 and 600 kilometers. So you really need to plan out uh, your nutrition and while you will get food, you know, places to eat there'll be certain stretches, you might not get anything. So you have to kind of plan your rides out. While those are really, really long distance, just a regular ride, if you're doing a 50 or a 75, uh, either you know the route well enough to know that, okay, at this place, I can stop to have like an idli dosa or whatever. And each person is different. So I always tell people that instead of, while you can ask other people what they do, uh, that journey, you have to own it, right? You have to know how your body reacts. What is that your body wants, right? So I ride my fellow rider, one of my uh, ride uh, friends with whom I ride a lot. Like he can ride for 100 kilometers without eating anything. Like he goes for an 80 kilometer ride and he would not carry a water bottle. So if I am riding with him, I cannot ride in his style, right? So I need to say that I need to put my foot down and say, I tell him that at 40, I need to stop. At 50, I need to stop. I need to have a bite. It doesn't have to be a big bite. So if you're doing breves together, I carry sandwiches for both of us in my jersey pocket. And we stop so that I mitigate the you know, risk of having a headache or any kind of issues that one has. So yes, I think uh, planning uh, according to what your body needs is very critical in uh, sustaining yourself without causing any issues without having injuries, etc. And uh, nutrition wise, as I said, uh, there are different people who, you know, would say that you can carry nuts, you can carry dry fruits. A lot of people carry chicky. 
So these are things which are easy to carry. You can't carry whole meals and stuff like that, right? So that is one uh, important aspect uh, of taking care, making sure that your food, you eat before you're hungry and drink before you're thirsty is like a mantra that, you know, you will find most riders giving you. It's the simplest of advice and that really, really will make sure that you don't suffer on the bike. Because it's really no fun if you're dying out there in the heat and, you know, hungry and thirsty. There's no joy in riding like that. So a little bit of planning and a little bit of uh, discovering of uh, how you react uh, would help each person plan their own things for themselves over a period of time. And these learnings will come only when you actually get out and ride. No one can tell how your body is going to react, right? So it's a self-discovery and a little bit of self-awareness will go a long way in, you know, building your own strengths and own uh, endurance over a period of time. And other than that, I think uh, one of the common problems that most cyclists feel is that uh, because cycling is such a repetitive uh, motion, right? Uh, most of us become extremely inflexible over a period of time. The mobility nobody focuses on. So ideally, the habit of actually doing a little bit of stretching before you head out for a ride and more importantly, to stretch after you finish a ride. So even if it's like five minutes or 10 minutes, making that time to just stretch post a ride will really, really help most of us to kind of, uh, you know, finish a ride without any injuries, especially long-term cases. I'm at an age where I really have, you know, I have no joy and they don't want to get injured. I mean, certain things like having a fall and breaking something and, you know, hurting yourself. These are things which are not in your control. But things like this that, you know, injure yourself because you haven't uh, stretched or done the bare minimum things that one can do as a corrective measure, that is something that I'm not very uh, keen to put myself through. So that little bit of discipline, uh, I think, will go a long way in helping all everyone who's taking up cycling as a sport. Actually, any sport, I think people would say that stretching and uh, working on the mobility is a very critical aspect of maintaining health over a long period of time. That's what, that's what makes you better. Time on the saddle, absolutely necessary. But if you want to get better, you've got to work on overall strength and mobility as well. Absolutely. Okay. Last question from me before I turn it back to Arpana. Uh, what are your plans and goals for 2021? I really have not planned anything for 2021, to be very honest. Uh, I just don't know how things are with respect to where I'll be traveling outside the country or where I'll be. I want to do certain tours. I do want to go to Northeast India or explore Sikkim and Meghalaya and on the bike. That has been on my list for the longest time. But in terms of events and things like that, I just, I just know that I, I want to explore climbing. Like I want to get better at it. So my only agenda right now is to just focus on building some strength and uh, just see how I can get better at the bikes. I really like the hills, but I suck at climbing. Like, uh, like I did the last 200 and had two hill climbs. And even though we got back to the base and really good time, I was sulking for a week. I was like, I could have walked faster than the way I climbed, you know. So I, that is something that I really want to, as a personal goal, I just thought that, you know, I should just um, leave all the other aspects and just see how I can improve on my climbing. So if it means I need to do more strength training, if it means I need to do cross training, whatever it takes, um, 
work on my climbing. That's the only thing on my mind right now. All right. Okay. What is your reason for cycling, Vidya? Why cycle? Uh, what's the reason you want to cycle? What's your purpose? Um, you know, it's I find it um, I find it very liberating when I'm on the bike. I have uh, I find that most of the ideas that I have with respect to the work or anything else that I do in my personal life as well. Many of these things have originated while I'm on the bike. So it's very liberating. It's very invigorating. You know, being on the bike and just it just gives me the discipline to kind of maintain my day because my work starts around 10ish in the morning and having the 3 4 hours where i'm just uh, to myself and riding it uh, gives me the energy to kind of just get through the day and uh, be more productive i find that the days i'm not riding and i'm sitting at home i'm very lethargic you know mm-hmm. and uh, being on the bike it just gets me out it gets me you know better temperament which is always good for everyone around me <laughs> and uh, it keeps me fit so you know i i feel healthier i feel happier so why not okay so we've come to the last segment of the podcast uh, this round is what we call as the fast five i'm going to ask you some questions i need you to um, you know uh, give answers very quickly without too much thinking okay okay Shoot. all right uh, road bikes or hybrid what would you choose road bikes now okay your favorite route to ride in bangalore any hill <laughs> give me any hill in nandi because it's the closest right now uh coffee or sleep what would you choose sleep <laughs> okay masala dosa or appam dosa what would you change about cycling in india it just has to be more inclusive and i think just the range that is available to women uh, i think it would be better to acknowledge that there are a lot of women riders uh, get us uh, but they, you know we have to bring that change we have to bring in the numbers to justify that kind of a situation where uh, it's more women centric that would be a good change to have right now mm-hmm. absolutely and i was reading somewhere or perhaps somebody told me there are more women riders in rural india than in in uh, metropolitan cities so uh, something that the rest of us should learn thank you so much for uh, for this chat it was uh, really good having you on the pleasure was entirely mine thank you so much <laughs> for giving me this opportunity and this platform it was a wonderful experience thank you thank you vidya for being on the show thank you thank you we hope you enjoyed this episode please do share it with others and help us spread the word subscribe to our podcast at spotify google podcast or anywhere else you get your podcast from follow us on instagram at the pursuit of endurance you can leave a message or review on the anchor website we would love to know how we are doing thank you so much for listening stay safe stay healthy